0: What is up, everybody? You're listening to The Real Slim Haiti. Now I told you I'd be back in 2020, and would you look at that. We're in 2020 already. I hope everyone had a great new year. If you didn't, you got another 11 months and 20-something days to try again. As for me, I had a quiet one in with the lady, chilled, and drank whiskey from the bottle. Uh, I guess you can blame the Irish blood for that. It's whatever. Uh, I don't drink. I mean, I rarely drink. It was fucking New Year's, okay, so I had to drink something. Uh, Now, just to throw it in here, as well as on Anchor FM, my podcast is available on Spotify, CastBox, Breaker, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Just type The Real Slim Haiti in the search bar on whichever one you choose to stream on, and voila, you'll find me. If you don't have any of these apps already, then what are you waiting for? All aboard the goddamn train, get on that shit. Um... And as stated on the Real Slim Haiti Facebook page, I'm giving a shout-out to everyone that has liked the page so far, or if you've shown interest and support in the fact that I've started podcasting. So in no particular order, I want to thank my family, Jessica, Patty, Sarah, Jamie, Dan, Nath, Danny, Steve, Sonia, Michelle, Raven, Cy, James, Emma, Amanda, Mike, Kerry, and John taken an in interest and I hope that you continue to and as always keep your ears peeled and your lips sealed let's get the show on the road all right so I'm gonna kick this episode off with joke of the week and i got a couple for you two cannibals are eating a slow roasted comedian and one says to the other does this taste a bit funny to you? Did that say you off? Well, if not, I've got one more for you. Uh, a Cumbrian farmer's dog goes missing and he is inconsolable. The farmer, not the dog. So his wife says to him, why don't you just put an ad in the paper to get him back? the farmer does this, but after two weeks there's been nothing, no phone calls and the dog is still missing so his wife then says what did you write in the paper? and the farmer replied your boy now if you didn't laugh at that then you must have a heart of funny bone and I thought so, you know, I guess I'll have to put my elbows into it next time get it what? I don't know alright, that's it, I'm done, I'm with the show I want to talk to you guys today about the upcoming movies that are either going to grace or disgrace the box office in 2020. Of course, by that, I mean which movies are going to be a hit in the cinemas and which are just going to be a huge pile of donkey dicks. Now, I made my own list, Hades' list, not Schindler's list, Hades' list. Obviously, it's not of every single fucking movie this year because we'd be here for some time and I think I'd probably pass out. So... It's just some that I've picked out personally and some that I'm sure will be talked about regardless of their success uh, or potential flop at the box office. Alright, first things first, I want to just talk about a film called The Gentleman, real quick. Uh, it's the new Guy Ritchie film. If you don't know this guy, <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, let me feed you a little knowledge. He's a director known for making films such as Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Revolver, Rock and Roller and uh, the two installments of Sherlock Holmes, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. His most recent film, other than the one that I'm currently talking about, is Disney's very own Aladdin. Uh, boom! Now you're familiar with the dude that is Guy Ritchie. Anyways, new film, The Gentleman, stars Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hannum, Hugh Grant, Colin Farrell, and Henry Golding, among others. It is about an American businessman who has created a marijuana empire in London. Uh, But when word gets out that he's looking to cash out, it triggers plot schemes, briberies, and blackmail in an attempt to steal it from him. Um, Now, I literally saw this movie last night, and i got to say, I think it was fucking great. You know, it was gritty, creative, unpredictable, and uh, it is rated 18, so be prepared for some violent scenes. Not the kind of movie you want to take your kids to, obviously, or maybe it is. Who knows? I'm not going to judge your parenting skills. I don't think it's going to break any records exactly, but I think that it deserves to do well. These kind of films don't really get a chance to shine anymore because of all these big-ass blockbuster Hollywood films. But as ever, Richie's direction exceeds expectations and keeps you guessing during the entire film, along with Hugh Grant's narrative type of character who plays quite an important role. Uh, no spoilers there. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know, it kept me entertained. I didn't feel like walking out the cinema or falling asleep. So with that, I'm going to call it a success. Um, (laughs) I mean, not that I'm a professional critic, but I mean, who is really? So that's the gentleman. Go and see it in cinemas right now, especially if you're a Guy Ritchie fan. The Eternals. So Marvel Studios is back to dominate the cinemas again. Because this movie is going to be huge. I know it. I just know it. And every other Marvel fan knows it. And I'm going to tell you why. For starters, it's a new phase, which also means a new era of heroes and villains, new beginnings and new stories, fresh faces and some familiar faces. Now, the Eternals, no one knows about these guys. Kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, When that first came out, you remember when that came out and hardly anyone knew what it was about and... Or who they were. This is a similar concept. They are a band of cosmic heroes. Most of them are immortal, and they all have abilities unlike anything we've seen in the MCU yet. The film is set for release on November 6th, and I don't care where I am or what's happening because I'm gonna be straight in that cinema with a large popcorn in one hand and a chicken burger with nachos on the side in the other. Watching the events of this film unfold. Some of the main stars include Angelina Jolie, uh, Richard Madden, Salma Hayek, Kumail Nanjiani, and Kit Harrington. Uh, there's two Game of Thrones guys in there that's Richard Madden and Kit Harrington. So we we'll see the, uh, uh, a reunion with those guys. Uh, the premise is as follows. In a story spanning over 7,000 years, the Eternals, an immortal alien race created by the Celestials, protect humanity from their evil counterparts, the Deviants. Well, shit. So quite abrupt there, but I do guess that's mainly Kevin Feige's doing, because uh, the studio probably don't want to give too much away right now, at least until a teaser trailer hits sometime soon. Uh... I know that this film is going to be good. I can just feel it. I can just feel it. These guys are going to be like the Cosmic Avengers. But then this begs the question of what villain is going to be mighty and tyrannical enough for these heroes. You know, it's going to be crazy and, dare I say, important to the next phase of the MCU. Uh, I can't wait to see what The Eternals brings. But I'm sure it will be bringing the big fight to the box office. And I feel sorry for whichever films are releasing around the same time. uh, Because this film is going to be one hell of a competitor. With that being said, I'm going to predict success. Black Widow. Much like The Eternals, I am extremely hyped for this film. At first, I didn't think much of it, especially when they first announced it at the panel during Comic-Con last year, I think. Um, I was a bit miffed as to why they decided to do it now, regarding the events of Avengers Endgame. But then it dawned on me. It makes perfect sense to do it now, because of Endgame. Uh, If anyone hasn't seen Endgame, for fuck-knows-whatever-reason, spoilers incoming... Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow, sacrifices herself and gives her life in order for the, uh, for the Avengers to gain back the Soul Stone. Uh, now, this film, I'm sure, is to be Scarlet's farewell solo outing for one last time as Black Widow. Uh, it's been confirmed to take place during the two-year gap between Civil War and Infinity War, so it's going to make sense. There isn't really a premise other than the fact that the film states that Romanoff finds herself alone and must confront her past. Uh, The film will also introduce other Black Widows, apparently, which is fucking awesome. Um, And new characters who will also, well, who, who will maybe show up in future MCU films. It's also confirmed that Robert Downey Jr. will have what is expected to be a cameo appearance since his, spoiler, heroic sacrifice at the end of Endgame. But of course, this takes place before that time, so it's still going to make sense. I think this film is probably going to tie up some loose ends from the Infinity Saga, the entire combination of 23 films. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I will certainly be attending the cinemas when it hits on May 1st. And if you hadn't guessed, I predict success. Fast 9, or Fast and Furious 9. One last ride. Nope, still not the last ride yet, as there has been a confirmed sequel already, and apparently the final installment in the Fast and Furious franchise, Fast 10, is slated for release in 2021. But Fast 9 is indeed coming this year, on May 22nd. New cast members include John Cena, Michael Rooker, and Anna Sawai, with cameos from Ozuna and Cardi B. Unfortunately, there is no Dwayne Johnson or Jason Statham in this film. Currently, there is also no premise for the film. But I mean, if you followed the previous ones, then it's not going to be rocket science. Someone is going to threaten Dom or a member of the Familia uh, with some kind of leverage, and he's going to get the team together again, yep, again, and they're going to kick some ass. And it will inevitably include some fast cars with stunt-filled chase sequences. You know, even if it's not really about cars or racing anymore. Personally, I still love the series, but I think it should have ended with Furious 7, uh, the last one with Paul Walker before the tragic accident that resulted in his untimely death. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. However, I am hyped for this film nonetheless, um, as I'm sure many other Fast and Furious fans are, even when it ends... I guarantee some other characters are going to get their own spin spinoffs, so it won't really be ending. Much like Hobbs and Shaw, which was actually a great movie. So, once again, I predict success. Doolittle. This one has me a little conflicted, I've got to say. Uh, personally... I loved and still do love Eddie Murphy's version of Dr. Doolittle, but I guess it's been basically 20 years or so now, so it's time for a reboot. Fuck, I feel old. Then again, I am a huge Robert Downey Jr. fan, so I will give his version a watch, too. I mean, I watched the trailer, which confirmed that this is going to be a fantasy adventure, and, I mean, the cinematography looks fucking awesome, i got to say. Uh... It will have an epic voice cast, including Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, uh, Tom Holland, John Cena, Craig Robinson, Ralph Fiennes, Selena Gomez, and many more. The film is out on January 17th, which is literally next Friday, and the premise is this. After his wife's death seven years ago, the eccentric John Doolittle, famed doctor and veterinarian of Victorian England hermits himself away behind the high walls of Doolittle Manor with only his menagerie of animals for company. But when Queen Victoria falls gravely ill, a reluctant Doolittle is forced to set sail on an epic adventure to a mythical island in search of a cure, regaining his wit and courage as he crosses old adversaries and encounters wondrous creatures. You know, it sounds like it's going to be a hit, whether that's box office or not. People are going to love this film, I think. Uh, I will certainly be seeing this, and I have high hopes for this. I don't think I'll be disappointed either way, because, you know, it's Robert Downey Jr. I'm a predict success. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. No shit. See, what I don't get is why they made this a Birds of Prey film. It's clearly a solo Harley Quinn film. I mean, did you see the trailer? I'm not that crazy about this film, really, but I am interested in it. I guess. I mean, mainly because, you know, Margaret Robbie, Harley Quinn. I don't need to say anything more. You get it. But anyway... I've got mixed feelings about this. I'm not sure fans care enough about the Harley Quinn character yet for this film to smash the box office, but I could be wrong. And um, I guess we'll find out soon. Uh, the premise is this. Since the events of Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn has left the Joker. When Roman Sionis, a narcissistic crime lord known as Black Mask, places a hit on a young girl named Cassandra Kane. Gotham City turns upside down looking for her. Harley joins forces with Black Canary, Helena Bertinelli, and Renee Montoya to protect the girl and to take Zionist down. Well, that doesn't sound that exciting. I mean, it sounds good, I guess, but it doesn't... Uh, I mean, uh, uh, fucking. However, it is intended to be the first R-rated DCEU film, so that's new. I mean, that in itself is actually exciting. But the film being called Birds of Prey, I don't agree with that. I'm not buying it. Uh, Nevertheless, it is set for release on February 7th, and you can bet that a lot of girls are going to be dressing up like Harley Quinn again this Halloween. Not that I'm complaining. Anyway, for me, I'm gonna predict flop. Godzilla versus Kong. Two big, bad, colossal Goliaths going at it with each other. Wait, that sounds a little bit freaky. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Two huge monsters are going to fuck each other up. No. Two massive, giant monsters that walk the Earth are going to collide with each other and cause chaos. There we go. Right, the release date is November 20, and the premise is this. In a time when monsters walk the Earth, humanity's fight for its future sets Godzilla and Kong on a collision course that will see the two most powerful forces of nature on the planet collide in a spectacular battle for the ages. As Monarch embarks on a perilous mission into uncharted terrain and unearths clues to the Titans' oranges... Oranges? Origins. God damn it. A human conspiracy threatens to wipe the creatures, both good and bad, from the face of the earth forever. Forever. Alright, now i got to say it sounds cool, but so did Godzilla King of Monsters, and that was a fucking disappointment. Kong Skull Island, however, was absolutely great. Uh, This movie can go either way, but my mind is pretty made up here, so I predict flop. Bad Boys for Life. We ride go, we die together. You're goddamn right. I've been waiting for this movie for like 10 freaking years, man. So I'm so glad it's finally happening. I'm in that cinema on January 17th and I ain't leaving until the movie is over, regardless on if it's good or bad. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are finally back together again for one more ride, it would seem, as this is confirmed to be the third and final installment in the franchise. Sad times, man. But it's sure to go out with a bang. I'm sure of that. It's got to. Uh, The premise is as follows. The once inseparable duo of Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry is coming apart. An aging Burnett has become a police inspector while Lowry, suffering a midlife crisis, is assigned to head up Ammo, a young guns group of millennial cops with whom he has nothing in common Uh, both of them reunite once again when a fierce cartel mob boss whose brother they defeated years earlier makes a retaliation effort on Mike just as both he and Marcus are about to officially retire. So, in other words, shit's gonna get real. If you're a fan of bad boys, you'll get that reference. Uh, Anyway, this is an easy one for me. I don't give a fuck what happens at the box office Fuck that. I don't care. But I'm going to still predict success. It's time for Fact of the Week. Did you know that standing around burns calories? Yep. On average, a uh, a 150-pound person burns 114 to... Well, that's a very precise fucking number. 114. Why is it not 117? 120... 127. Anyway, but you you get it. Uh, anyway, from uh, 100 to 200 calories actually per hour while simply standing around and doing nothing. So for any of the uh, for any of those of you who have New Year resolutions to shed some weight, abracadabra, alakazam, kablam, and all that shit. Do nothing. Just do nothing. You know Nike. They say, just do it. Fuck that. Haiti says, just do nothing. Okay? Just kidding, but not really. Obviously, this doesn't mean you can just sit on your candy asses and expect the weight to fall off, because, you know, if that was the case, everybody would be looking like toothpicks. The more you stand up, the more likely you are to shed said weight. Uh, I know, it's, it's hard work, right? But there you go. Fuck gym memberships. Fuck diets. Fuck working out. Just do nothing. Ghostbusters Afterlife. This has come out of nowhere. Uh, After the enormous flop that was the rebooted Ghostbusters in 2016, I think the studio and the producers figured out exactly what they had to do to mend the situation. Afterlife is to be a direct sequel to the original Ghostbusters, featuring the return of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. The release date is July 10, and the premise is After being evicted from their home, two children and their single mother move to a farm in Somerville, Oklahoma, inherited from their late grandfather. When the town experiences a series of unexplained earthquakes, the children discover their family's link to the original Ghostbusters, who have become something of a myth, as many have long since forgotten the events of the Manhattan Cross Rip of 1984 and the secret legacy that their grandfather left behind. This is good. This is good. I think fans will want to see this. I know I do. So for me, I predict success. (music) A Quiet Place Part 2. I cannot fucking wait for this film. I remember going to the cinema to watch the first one in uh, in 2018. Uh, I went on my own, I think, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was so intense. There was a lot of shit I didn't see coming. The suspense was incredible, and the entire concept of the film is just awesome. And the cast just blew it away. I'm expecting the exact same feeling from the sequel, which is to be released on March twenty although the first one had a budget of only $20 million, uh, which is regarded as a low-budget film. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? Uh, It was a box office success, earning $340 million worldwide. Uh, The premise of the sequel is this. Following the deadly events at home, the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they continue their fight for survival in silence. Forced to venture into the unknown, They quickly realize that the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. I'm so ready for this shit. I'm so ready. Count me in, I'm there. I predict success. Onward. Alright, this one is a new Disney and Pixar animation which is set to be released on March 6th. If you haven't seen the trailer for this film yet, look it up on YouTube. It's undoubtedly going to be one of those films that end up having the characters in McDonald's Happy Meals, if they still do that. I don't know. I haven't had a Happy Meal in years. Maybe that's why I'm sad. I'm just kidding. But anyway, the premise is a tad lengthy, but here it is: in a world populated with mystical creatures, where fairy tale was once the reality is now losing its sense of magic. Using magic wasn't easy for the inhabitants to master, so the populace instead turned to using science-created answers to get by, using modern-day machines such as mobile phones and cars. Two teenage elf brothers, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, find themselves embarking on a quest to see if there is still some magic left in the world so that they can spend one day with their father, who died shortly before Ian was born. Having received a magic staff as a prearranged gift from their father, Ian tries to bring him back using a spell that will do it for 24 hours, only for Ian to bring back just his legs, causing them to search for a way to bring back the rest of him before the 24 hours are up. Definitely going to be something new and fresh, which I like. Personally, I hope it does well, and I'm pretty sure it will. Plus, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland in a film together? Yes, sir. I predict success. Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, at first, this film looked like a fucking shambles, because Sonic didn't even look like Sonic. But then with the major backlash the producers got from the first trailer, uh, they sorted it out fast. Get it? Because Sonic is fast. Anyway, this film also sees the return of my favorite comical actor of all time, Mr. Jim Carrey, who's going to be playing Dr. Robotnik. The film is set for release on February 14th, and the premise is this. Sonic, a blue anthropomorphic hedgehog, anthropomorphic meaning an animal that can talk, from planet Mobius, comes to Earth to escape malevolent forces seeking to harness his power of super speed. After accidentally causing a massive power outage and hiding out in the town of Green Hills, Sonic is targeted by the government, who then hire the tyrannical roboticist Dr. Robotnik to hunt him down. Meanwhile, ex-SFPD officer-turned-Green Hills sheriff Tom Wachowski Wachowski meets Sonic uh, and decides to help him evade capture, collect his rings, and stop Robotnik from using Sonic's powers for world domination. So basically, it's going to be a fucking video game, but live action. I'm in. I'm in. Plus, I can't wait to see what Jim Carrey does with the character of Robotnik, because honestly, he's the only reason I'm interested in this film. I want to go 50-50 here with predictions, but if I have to choose, mainly because I don't think there is enough fandom or hype behind this film, I predict... Flop. Dune. Here we go, y'all. i got high hopes for this movie. Based on the uh, the 1965 science fiction novel by author Frank Herbert, Dune has seen two separate live-action adaptions already prior to this film. Uh, 1984's Dune, directed by David Lynch, and a 2000 miniseries on the Sci-Fi Channel. Anyway, this upcoming adaption of Dune, I believe, is going to do the series justice. It's got a great cast, namely Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, uh, Dave Bautista, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Jason Momoa, and Javier Bardem. is going to hit cinemas all over the world on December 18, and let me tell you the premise. In the far future of humanity, Duke Leto Atreides accepts stewardship of the dangerous desert planet Arrakis, the only source of the most valuable substance in the universe, the spice a drug which extends human life, provides superhuman levels of thought, and makes false space travel possible. Uh, though Leto knows the opportunity is an intricate trap set by his enemies, the Harkonnens, uh, he takes his Ben Gazerit, or Ben I don't know how to pronounce her. Ben uh, concubine Lady Jessica, young son and heir Paul. Um, and most trusted advisors to Arrakis, also known as Dune. Leto takes control of the spice mining operation, which is made perilous by the presence of giant sandworms. With that, I think it's going to be a fucking spectacle of a film, maybe a bit of a dark horse. It's got great potential, so I'm going to predict success. Witches. Now, this is one to watch out for, especially during the Halloween season. Conveniently, it is releasing on October 9th. This caught my attention mainly because I'm a sucker for dark fantasies and anything supernatural. There are apparently comedy elements in the film too, uh, because uh, believe it or not, Chris Rock is part of the cast, along with Anna Hathaway, Stanley Tukey, uh, and Octavia Spencer. The premise is as follows. A little boy stumbles across a conference of witches while staying with his grandmother at a hotel and gets transformed into a mouse by the Grand High Witch. So, short but sweet, but I think it'll be good. But perhaps not box office good. I don't think that there's enough fandom or hype behind this film. A lot of people won't even know about it. So, regarding that, I predict, flop. Disney's Mulan. So, yet another live-action remake from Disney. I think this one could go either way, kind of like 2018's The Nutcracker in the Four Realms or 2019's Dumbo. Both of these films were Disney, and they underperformed at the box office. But Mulan, I think, has always been sort of an underdog for Disney. It doesn't get as much recognition as the others. It is set for release on March 27th. Now for the premise. When the Emperor of China issues a decree... That one man per family must serve in the Imperial Chinese Army to defend the country from Huns. Hua Milan, the eldest daughter of an honored warrior, steps in to take the place of her ailing father. She is spirited, determined, and quick on her feet. Disguised as a man by the name of Hua Jun, uh, she is tested every step of the way and must harness her innermost strength and embrace her true potential. So, as you may have guessed, the film features a predominantly Asian cast. Obviously, I mean, kind of the whole point of Milan. I'm going to predict success. The Grudge. First things first. Why? Why is this happening? No one wanted this. We've seen it before. We know what happens, so there's no need for a premise on this one. A pointless $10 million budget blown on a rework of predictability, shitty horror scenes, and unoriginal content. If you hadn't guessed, short but sweet, I'ma predict, flop. Venom 2. So, Sony still want to do their own Marvel Universe, which they kicked off with 2018's Venom, which was surprisingly a very good movie. A lot of people thought that was going to be a flop, me being one of them. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of Tom Hardy, and I'm glad that that didn't happen. So with that said, I hope the sequel is ten times better for Sony's sake and the sake of Sony's Marvel Universe. There's no premise as of yet, but the release date is set for October 2nd. i got to say, I think this film is going to win me over. Purely because of the fact Andy Serkis is the director of it, his directorial debut for a superhero film. Uh, It's bound to be good. It will also see the debut of the villain Carnage, played by Woody Harrelson, who also becomes host of an alien symbiote. Uh, So I will 100% be seeing this when it hits the cinemas in October, and I predict success. Bloodshot. This is an interesting one, though... Also extremely generic in the case of it being a Vin Diesel film and him once again getting revenge on some bad guys. Now, if you watch the trailer to this, you'll see that it pretty much gives away the entire fucking movie. Now, the premise. After he and his wife get suddenly assassinated, Marine Ray Garrison is reborn by a team of scientists. Enhanced with nanotechnology, he becomes a superhuman biotech killing machine, bloodshot. As Ray first trains with uh, fellow super soldiers, he struggles to recall anything from his previous years. But when his memories flood back and he remembers the man that killed both him and his wife, he breaks out of the facility hell-bent on revenge, only to discover that there's more to the conspiracy than he originally felt. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. Normally I'd be all for this shit. But I smell a disaster. But I could be wrong. It might be awesome. I'm sure parts of it will be. Undoubtedly the action sequences will be. I will still go and see it nonetheless. But the verdict is in and I predict flop. Free Guy. Alright, if you're a gamer, you're going to love this film. Especially if you play GTA or Fortnite. And you know, if you're a fan of Ryan Reynolds, for those of you who don't know, the guy who is Deadpool. Or plays Deadpool. Or maybe Deadpool plays him. You never can tell. Anyway, it will be released on July 3rd, and the premise is coming right up. In an open-world video game, Free City, an amalgamation of Grand Theft Auto and Fortnite, Guy... Is a non player character working as a bank teller. Thanks to a code developed by programmers Millie and Keys, inserted into Free City by the publisher Antoine, Guy becomes aware of his world being a video game and takes steps to make himself the hero, creating a race against time to save the game before the developers can shut it down. Well, holy fuck, Nuggets, I'm there. I don't know what the outcome for this film might be, but there are a lot of gamers out there that are going to be interested in this shit. I am one of them. The wit and comedic timing of Ryan Reynolds is sure to carry this film way into the good ranks of the box office, so I predict success. Morbius. So... He's not the Joker anymore, thankfully, no disrespect, but Jared Leto's iteration of the classic DC villain was just fucking unbearable to watch, not that it was his fault. Uh, So now he's jumped on the Marvel bandwagon to become a vampire. Needless to say, I'm excited for this. It'll be something new, something fresh, that Marvel hasn't done before, except for Blade, which is also centered on vampires, but in a completely different context. Uh, There's no premise for this film yet, but it will be an origin story set in Sony's uh, Marvel Universe with possible elements of horror, and I think Leto will finally have his chance to shine in this film. It is set to release on July 31st. Now, unless you're a comic book nerd, you're not going to know a fucking thing about this character, so this doesn't help the promotion for this film. People like to know a little bit about what they're going to see, but... If you're a 30 Seconds to Mars fan like me, you'll see it purely because of Jared Leto. However, that's not why I'll be seeing it. I'm going to see this because I like the idea of this Morbius guy, and uh, I think Sony can do some real interesting shit with him in their own universe. Who knows? He'll probably end up facing off with Spider-Man at some point, uh, as well as Venom. Regarding the box office, it's another 50-50, but I predict Success. Jungle Cruise. Would you believe it? Dwayne Johnson is back for another Disney adventure, this time with Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall. Now, the trailer had me a little wary at first when it was released, but I've watched it a few times since, and I think it will be really good. It's got a great cast. The story takes place during the early 20th century, which is a time period I love. It's going to be a ride. Anyway, the premise. Set during the early 20th century, A riverboat captain named Frank takes a scientist and her brother on a mission into a jungle to find the Tree of Life, which I know as Yggdrasil, uh, which is believed to possess healing powers. All the while, the trio must fight against dangerous wild animals in a competitive German expedition. Okay, so it's basically Jumanji meets Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep, sounds good, so count me in, you filthy besotted sea red. Man, what a terrible Jack Sparrow impression. Fuck. Uh, Anyway, the film will be released on July 24th, and I'm going to predict success. Alrighty then, it's time for Word of the Week. Uh, I'm delighted to bring you the Word of the Week, which is fugacious. Fugacious. Spelled... F-U-G-A-C-I-O-U-S Fugacious You may have heard it before, you may not have heard it before But I'm about to explain it to you Fugacious, man, it even sounds delightful As is the meaning Fugacious means Sorry, did I mention fugacious? Anyway Fugacious means fleeting or transient It is similar to uh, the perhaps even more attractive Ephemeral Oh, boy. Which means lasting a very short time. (laughs) Okay, like, how was it with your missus the other night? Ephemeral? I'm sorry. Uh, Now, many things in life are beautiful, but fleeting. The life of a mayfly, the moment the sun goes down on a glorious summer's day, or a brief time that a rainbow decorates the sky. Perhaps it is their fugacious nature that makes these moments so special. Wow. Wow. I feel like I need to go have a candlelit bath and contemplate my life now. West Side Story. No. Just no. Absolutely fucking not. Uh, I'm kidding. I love musicals. I love them so much. Uh, But not really, mainly because I was tortured with this musical at school, along with The Sound of Music, as I was involved in the theatrical productions, and obviously when you're involved in something like that, you do it every day for several months, rehearsal after rehearsal, repetition upon repetition, going from sane to insane, loving it to loathing it, you get it. So, yeah, I'm not excited for this, nor am I interested in the fucking slightest, but hey, you might be. Uh, and if you are, then you'll undoubtedly be one of those people that also love The Greatest Showman and blared it out in your house or in your car with the windows down, singing your goddamn heart out, not giving a single fuck, while looking like an absolute crazy person. So I never watched it because I felt like everywhere I went I was seeing it or hearing it anyway. So I'd rather cut off and eat my entire bullsack and jump in a hot bath straight after then sit down and watch that shit. But hey, I'm sure it was a great film. However, I am a little intrigued about this one, because Steven Spielberg is the director. Uh, I think that will mark the first time he's ever directed a musical, actually, and hopefully it'll be the last time. Anyway, the film hits cinemas on December 18th, and the premise, for those of you who don't know, is this. Teenagers, Tony and Maria. Despite having affiliations with rival street gangs, the White Jets and Puerto Rican Sharks fall in love in 1950s New York City. So there you have it, West Side Story. Bound to have the film's songs repeating on radios around the world 24-7 for the entire next decade. Personally, I want it to flop, but... That is not my prediction, unfortunately, because solely based on the love that people have for musicals nowadays, I regretfully have to go with that, so I predict success. Wonder Woman 1984. Two words. Wonder. Fool. Another two words. Fucking. Excited. Final two words. Yeah, baby. So... Technically, that was six words there, but let's not get all pedantic. Wonder Woman is back. And this time, it's the 80s. Everyone loves the 80s. Seeing as, you know, the first Wonder Woman film in 2017 was one of the best films DC and Warner Bros. have produced as of yet. It even smashed the box office. Um, I have high hopes for the sequel. It is once again directed by Patty Jenkins. So I got I got faith. I have faith. Uh, I was unsure about Gal Gadot in the role as Wonder Woman at first, but after her first solo film as the Amazonian princess, she's perfect. I couldn't imagine anyone else in the role now. She has literally made it her own, and that's great. That's what she had to do. Uh, This film is set to release on June 5th, and the premise is a short one. In 1984, Diana Prince comes into conflict with two formidable foes, Maxwell Lord, and the Cheetah, while reuniting with her past love, Steve Trevor. Now, for anyone that remembers the first film, you may be a little miffed uh, right about now about the Steve Trevor appearance. Spoilers ahead, uh, as he was presumed dead after an explosion during World War II. World War II? Fuck no, World War I. God damn it. So it'll be interesting to see how they do this. Uh, the trailer was fucking incredible. May I just add, uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. Uh, if you're a DC fan, it will surely get you hyped for this. I know I am, and so I predict success. The Kingsman. So this is a prequel to the Kingsman film series, set to take place in the early 1900s, World War One, by the looks of the trailer. Now I've only seen the first Kingsman film, but I guess it doesn't really matter as this is a prequel. I think I want to see this. I think I do. Once again, it's got a great cast, a great director being Matthew Vaughn, and it looks like it's going to be a good action comedy spy film uh, with some good humor in it. The release date is set for September 18th, and the premise is this. As a collection of history's worst tyrants and criminal masterminds gathered to plot a war to wipe out millions, one man and his protege must race against time to stop them. I like it. I like it. I may watch the other Kingsman films, uh, the other Kingsman film before this, The Golden Circle, I think is called, just to familiarise myself with the concept again. Now, other than this instalment, there is also a sequel in development to the Kingsman series with Taron Egerton and Colin Firth, which is set to start filming this year, uh, but that may yet change. There is also a spin-off in the works called The Statesman, which will revolve around an American secret or, uh, secret agent organization. Wow. I mean, I didn't see that coming. Just kidding. I did. But anyway, The King's Man. I think it's going to be a great film and will more than likely earn itself a sequel. So with that right there, I'm going to predict success. No time to die. What can I say? Daniel Craig has had one hell of an adventure as James Bond and the series has been a frill for me to watch and gain inspiration from it's a sad thing to have to accept that this is his final outing as the MI6 agent uh, the trailer had me hooked as I knew it would I'm as excited for this one as I was for Skyfall when that came out 8 years ago holy shit biscuit 8 years ago man that's fucking crazy Uh, But anyway, Skyfall is one of my all-time favourite films for sure, and uh, No Time to Die may just make its way into my favourites too. It is set for release on April 8th, and the premise is captivating to say the least. Five years after the capture of Blofeld, James Bond has left active service. He is approached by Felix Leiter, his friend and CIA officer, who enlists his help in the search for a missing scientist. When it becomes apparent that the scientist was abducted, Bond must confront a danger the likes of which the world has never seen before. I seriously can't wait. I've got a friend who I expect is just as hyped for this film as I am. What's up, Nave? Uh We will see Rami Malek as the villain in this installment. One of the producers have actually come out and said that this character really gets under Bond's skin and that he is a nasty piece of work. Dude, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. I'm prepared for awesome 007 style stunts and action sequences, great dialogue, spectacular cinematography, amazing cast, and a hopefully incomparable direction by Kari Fukunaga. Uh, No pressure there, sir. It goes without saying that this film has the absolute potential to fuck shit up at the box office, and I quite clearly predict success. Top Gun Maverick. So old Tommy boy is back for a sequel, huh? That's rare. Because Tom Cruise doesn't often do sequels, but if there's any film he should have done a sequel to, it's 1994's Interview with the Vampire. Man, I love that film. Uh, But anyway, Top Gun is back. If you were a fan of the first one, which came out in 1986, then it's unfortunate that you had to wait a couple decades for the sequel you thought you'd probably never get. Why we got it, I couldn't say, but I'm sure there are a lot of mamas out there. Uh, who will purely just be watching it because, you know, Tom Cruise will be in uniform and shit. For me, I can hit or miss this. I wasn't a huge fan of the first one, but we'll see where I'm at uh, come June 26th, when this film flies into cinemas. (laughs) Uh, Flies into cinemas, because he's a pilot. Anyway, the premise. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun graduates for a specialized mission the likes of which no living pilot has ever seen, Maverick encounters Lieutenant Bradley Bradshaw. Call sign Rooster, the son of Maverick's late best friend and radar intercept officer, Lieutenant Nick Bradshaw, a.k.a. Goose. Facing an uncertain future and confronting the ghosts of his past, Maverick is drawn into a confrontation with his own deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who will be chosen to fly it. Ooh, competitive. Uh, But as I previously said, it's a hit or miss for me. I don't know if there is enough talk or excitement about this film for it to soar into the high ranks of the box office, so I'm going to predict flop. Disney's Artemis Fowl. Now, if you've read the books by author Owen Colfer, you will definitely be excited for this film. I believe there are eight books in total. I myself have never read them, but I went to school with a few dudes that did uh, during break or lunch or study periods. Refreshingly, this film has never been adapted to the screen before, so it will be quite the pleasure to watch, I think, even just after reading the premise and looking up some of the characters' profiles. I'm interested already, just after watching the trailer, and I kind of wish that I had read them now when I was at school, but, oh well, shit happens. Better late than never, right? The trailer was released in 2018. Because the film was originally set to premiere in August 2019, but was then pushed back to 2020. Um, I can't really weigh in here, because I haven't read the books. But there are people saying on YouTube that the film is—it has already deviated from the books. But then, this is what people don't get. These are adaptions, and they're not always faithful to the books. They should be, but they're not. It's always been this way. Take The Lord of the Rings. For example, do you know how much epic shit they didn't include in the films that were in the books? No, because you've probably never read them, but you're still a fan of the movies, right? If you're not, then I'm sorry, we can't be friends. Anyway, what I'm saying is people will still like this film, regardless of whether or not it's faithful to the books. The release date is set for May 29th, and the premise is this. Disney's Artemis Fowl follows the journey of a 12-year-old genius, a descendant of a long line of criminal masterminds, as he seeks to find his father, who has mysteriously disappeared. I'm sorry, i got to say this real quick. Why the fuck is it that with these goddamn adventure films, someone always goes missing? Like, just stay at home. Stop wandering off, you absolute spitfuck. Okay, I'm done. So... I think this film will be great, actually, mainly because it is something new. A lot of young adults will be fans of this series, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be eager to see this when it hits cinemas. I am indeed one of them, having seen the trailer. So I'm going to predict success. The New Mutants I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, I watched the trailer, and it looks cool. There's definitely elements of horror and some psychological shit, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's different for an X-Men-based film. But why all the screaming? You know, you're going to promote a movie, you've got to keep the screaming to a minimum. No one likes that shit. I don't care if it's a horror. Plus, why does it still not have a rating? I'm pretty sure they shot the movie in 2017. Uh, I'm just not sure if anyone wants this anymore. You know, I've read some of the comments on the trailer from YouTube, and I'm not seeing any hype for it at all. Apparently, you know, it's been delayed too many times. Now, seeing as Disney has since acquired Fox, uh, I don't feel like this film can really go anywhere. Since the X-Men have already been said to be rebooted eventually in the MCU in the future with a completely new version of Mutants. However, it is set for release, this film, on April 3rd, and the premise is as follows. Five young mutants, just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will, fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. Well, I'm fucking bored. That is boring. Really? Ah, fuck. Honestly, this film, not for me. I mean, had they released it in 2018 when they initially said they would, it may have done well, who knows. Uh, But seeing as no one really cares about it now, they've waited too damn long to release it, everybody has jumped off the hype train, I'ma predict, flop. Wendy. I had no idea about this. I'm pretty sure no one else did either, but it sounds interesting. I mean, there's only a matter of time before Disney end up making a live-action Peter Pan of their own but this film is centered on Wendy Darling and is to be a reimagining of J.M. Barry's original Peter Pan, uh, a fantasy drama of sorts. However, instead of box office and the big screen, this movie will premiere at the Sundance Film Festival on January 26th, so I'm going to be looking out for that inevitable download at some point um, because I'm intrigued about this. Being a fan of the story of Peter Pan, I want to see what they do with this film. So it's not really relevant to give it a box office prediction here, but I'm going to predict that it'll be a good watch nonetheless. Uh, It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but it might be your cup of coffee. Who knows? I don't know. I guess you'll find out when it becomes available to stream or download online. Unfortunately, I can't tell you when that's going to be, but I can tell you to keep a lookout. Alright guys and gals, thank you for joining me again for my second episode. Don't forget, if there is something you'd like to hear me talk about, a certain subject regarding the kind of things I talk about, uh, entertainment industry-wise, then let me know via email at the real slim at yahoo.com or on social media at www.facebook.com slash the real slim haiti you can also follow me on instagram just tap in the search bar yep you guessed it the real slim haiti uh, once again thank you so much for tuning in as always do your best to stay healthy hungry and humble until next time folks There you go, it's recording now. I literally just got it cool. on the on the sofa beside me. Shall I stay quiet now, yeah? No, James. <laughs> you never stay quiet for a moment in your life. <laughs> always no. complain about something. Yeah, I know. I've always got something to <laughs> about or disagree with. Yeah, that's it. We'll people up about. You fucking debate merchant, you are. <laughs> I miss our debates, yeah, mate. I will miss our debates. Huh? <laughs> yeah, our stupid debate. Fucking brilliant, drama. mate. Normally we were walking back from the shop. Yeah, or, or from uh, playing football or something. Yeah. Right, yeah, when right. you used to have the referee. Yeah, that's it. Fucking I have to right, say, that beard is getting quite long, isn't it? What, my beard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy. Keeping... Maybe it just looks longer on camera. No, it's not. It's long now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Does it not get annoying when it gets that long? Nah. It get I find it annoying when mine gets long. No, because mine's gone past that stage now where where it does get it's annoying if you know it. what I mean. And uh, it's used to it. Yeah, I've got a boar brush as well yeah. now, which oh, is yeah. made of boar hair, which is really good for the skin and also to oh, just right, yeah. keep it in check. Trushy like, beard. yeah. Feels great as well. Yeah. Was yes, we it up in Wales? Well, all right. Yeah, but yeah, it's not bad. Everything's good. It's you fucking just freezing. At the moment. Where are you at, Jessica? All right. Yeah, Jessica's. All oh, right. Well, Paddy's at my house. At? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, she's she's next door. At the moment. Or any other room. No, next door. A couple doors down. She knows some of the people there. She took the dog with her otherwise so the dog would probably be right next to me, right well, here, right now. did you chuck her out because you were recording this? That's exactly what I did, James. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we're all right Oh, now. fucking hell, mate. You good? You good? Yeah, I think so. All right, mate. They feel good in your ear. Yeah? They feel good. Yeah. They're in the right yeah, ears now, right. The, the earphones. I can, well, I can hear you. So that's, that's old you age. Think. That's old age kicking in right there, Jim. right. <clears throat> <laughs> Why? Now I'm, into, now I'm into the fourth decade. <laughs> oh, mate. 2020, how about that? Yeah, I know. I, know. Crazy. I remember thinking of 2020 when I was a kid. <laughs> like, I wow, I wonder how much would have changed by then. Like, Fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You ready, Jim?